Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome once again to Wrestling Recap. Too young to be this old. I am Ben here with, of course, none other than my tag team partner, Andy. Hello. Thank you for finding us, however you did. We're going to jump into another week of wrestling here. Indeed, we're going to mix up the order this week a little bit, since we do have a WWE pay-per-view to talk about. Uh, We will close with Raw and SmackDown, but we will now open with AEW. Um, Yes, we will. So, right off the bat, it's basically a majority of the men's matches slash a majority of the matches were all uh, the Eliminator. What is it? Is it a... uh, it's a, it's for a number one cont- yeah it's a yeah. tournament for the TNT I title. Think of the word tournament, but the Eliminator tournament to go over the uh, TNT title. So we open up with Wardlow versus Jungle Boy. And this was not a very impressive match. It got the job done. Yeah, Wardlow stomping at Jungle Boy. Yeah, I mean it was the Jungle Express was fun to watch as always as they were all out there, but otherwise it was kind of silly having Wardlow v. Jungle Boy. Like, we all knew what was going to happen. But Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be real honest. I'm kind of off the Jungle Express here here lately. Jurassic. Um, Jurassic Express, yeah. I just, eh. I'm kind of out on it. Sure. I think it's, a, I think it, as a unit, is holding back what you could do with Luchasaurus. Yeah, I was hoping it was going to be Luchasaurus coming out there. And then when it was Jungle Boy, I was just like, oh, okay, all right. We know, we know where this is going to yeah. go. Um, follow that matchup with Kenny Omega versus Sony Kiss. And I don't fantastic match. Uh, you obviously didn't watch it. It was one move. It was, but it was enjoyable. Both Sony Kiss and Kenny Omega work really well together. How can you how can you say that in one move? It was it was more than one move. He did the wing clipper in seconds. It, it seemed more than that. <laughs> I think you were thinking of the next match, but yeah, no. Sony Kiss comes in, eats a knee, eats the wing clipper. I mean, this match was barely 15 seconds long. Oh, you're right. This one was a lot quicker than I remembered. Yeah. I think now, I the, entrance, the entrance was phenomenal. Uh, we're seeing oh, Kenny Omega yeah. take a full-on heel turn, That's probably uh, which why will be something to see. Because we had that whole entrance... With all his accomplishments read out. Yes. But yeah, no, the match itself, very short. Uh, definitely put Kenny Omega on the track to uh, looking like a top player. My only issue is, uh, let's see how Sony Kiss comes back next week. Because yeah. when you lose a match in seconds, it takes a minute to build you back up. Yeah, I don't like they did this just as Sonny Kiss seemed to be getting a little bit of momentum, and then they just have him get squashed. So wasn't a huge fan of that. But next, another Eliminator match. We got Enta L Zero versus Ray Phoenix. Match of the week. Yeah. Yep. If you watch mm-hmm. one wrestling match this week, go watch this one. This one was a, f- a really good match. Fantastic lucha style match. Uh, these two guys worked their ass off. Uh, you do have Phoenix picking up the win, which means we know next week at least two of our matches because of Eliminators, but we know that we are going to be getting uh, Kenny. I think I think the way the brackets are broke down, next week we will get Phoenix versus Kenny Omega. 
Yeah, that sounds right. Yep, I'm stoked about that. Yeah, that that should be real good. Then we moved on next to Hangman Adam Page versus Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Um, <laughs> this match got the job done. I mean, it was a, a solid work match. My only issue is if you're trying to build a Hangman, having him like in peril against such a comedy mm-hmm. character that they've been using yeah. Colt for, uh, a little weird. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, the pairing is weird for me. I don't really enjoyed much of what I've seen from Colt Cabana. Um, so, I don't know. The character's just not doing it for me. Yeah, I'm not a... I was a big fan of some of Colt's comedy stuff uh, on the indies. I mean, thanks to Colt Cabana, we do have wrestling podcasts in the mainstream. He's a fantastic worker. I just don't know if his gimmick matches up real well with Hangman Page. I think yeah, that was yeah, the only clash is really the, hard. Yeah, I think that was the only real issue here. Um, Colt would be somebody that'd be good to work with Jurassic Express. Yeah, yeah I'd agree. That'd probably so, be more fun to watch. Um, segment of the night. We have what is being dubbed La Dinner Debonair. The, the the most entertaining part was listening to all the announcers struggle to pronounce this. Like, they obviously probably never saw the name until <laughs> the night of. Right. Because that was, that was enjoyable. But if you're going to watch a segment this week, this is the one you probably have already seen. Because it's gotten pretty popular. You had MJF and Jericho trying to one-up each other on their steak temps, which I enjoyed. And then we had show tunes. Frank Sinatra is always a good a good go-to. Yeah, yeah. Got to hear that sweet, sweet Jericho singing voice, too. I mean, he's a multi-platinum <laughs> selling rock god. <laughs> Come on. But I don't know. Jericho is great in this, but I think MJF is the one that comes out just standing out out of this segment, and uh, it's pretty fun to watch. You could just tell they were both having a good time. Yeah, um, I'm starting to pick up a whole lot of Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho's vibe in this MJF thing, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh, I've seen this before. Yeah, it's because you're so inevitably we're gonna Jay get MJF. I mean, dude, I'll get on a soapbox for a second. I love the fact that AEW is stepping back in and focusing way more on wrestling than sports entertainment, unlike uh, another company that we talk a lot about. But I hate the fact that I'm seeing stuff that I saw four or five years ago in WWE on AEW already, or I'm seeing stuff that ran from WCW or the shock stuff that WCW did to get ratings. And like, it just doesn't compel me to make this the end-all, be-all wrestling promotion. So, I don't know. That's where I'm at with this. I just It's a decent little segment, but in my head, I always imagine what would the internet say if it was on a different, um, different company and it would have been completely shat on in the WWE, even if it was just as good as it was in AEW. I mean, it's the same thing you see with Sony fans 
oh, Halo's the worst shooter ever solely because they don't get to play it, or vice versa. Xbox being like, oh, Uncharted's not that good. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. We don't go too deep into segments, so we're going to keep moving yeah. here. So we had uh, Kylan King versus the returning to action Dr. Britt Baker. Solid match to just have Britt Baker come back and essentially squash somebody. Yeah. I hate seeing King squash because she's been a mainstay for AEW Dark. I yeah, think King's she, definitely. I mean, she entirely gets squashed. Like, they yeah. let her have some time in there and didn't look just like a fool but you know yeah. we know that Britt Baker is gonna win yeah it just it's it's kind of it, it's something we see a lot definitely King probably has the better in-ring talent but Baker has the better character work and you need the oh, characters definitely. so and honestly with AEW's women division I think I think we see Baker in that title picture soon and we see that title on her very soon yeah. as well. Oh, definitely. And hearing uh, JR call her the baddest bitch on the block, worth the price of admission. Just uh, fantastic. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to lie, I just like hearing JR talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's that's the majority of the appeal of AEW for me is that I'm going to listen to JR talk for at least an hour and a half. Right. All right, so to uh, close out the night, we get a four way tag team number one contender match. Who was in this match, Ben? You had the Young Bucks. You had Private Party, Butcher and Blade, and the Dark Order. Uh, the Bunny was back with Butcher and the Blade with no explanation other than Eddie Kingston made it happen. You know, he drunk guys make things happen. And yep, and speaking of... come back, and that's what it is. Yep, and speaking of Eddie Kingston, we now know that he will be challenging Mr. John Moxley for the world title in an I Quit match at Full Gear uh, yeah. November 7th which that was hyped in a few segments as we went along through the night. Uh, sure. this I, get, match, I get these I quit matches confused. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, match is your typical four-way match, of course, with extra people. A yeah. uh, little bit of confusion, but we do get the result that was widely expected. The Young Bucks defeat Private, uh, private Party, Butcher and Blade, in Dark Order. So yes. that makes them the number one contender for the tag titles meaning we will finally get everyone's tag team dream match, FTR versus the Young Bucks. Yeah, that's going to be great. At the end of this match, we had uh, a masked attacker um, joining the uh, uh, FTR to beat up on the Young Bucks. Uh, surprise, it's Tully Blanchard. And salted poor uh, Matt's ankle. And that was kind of the end of it there. I'm not a fan of these masked attackers coming in at the end of tag matches but we'll get to more oh man and we saw a lot of that this week <laughs> i hate it it is cringy i don't enjoy yeah. it yeah uh, uh yeah, this was so, a weird ending so, but that was AEW. the mask attacker in in this match uh in in the, the end of the AEW match the only thing that bothered me is there was like no big reveal that it was totally you know what I mean? No, it was just, like, oh, yeah, it's like, Tully, by the way. Yeah, Tully already works with FTR. So it's yeah, like, he doesn't uh, really need to disguise himself. Yeah. Um, but let's move on. We'll go ahead and move into NXT. Uh, if you haven't noticed, we are trying to pick up the pace a little bit because we realize that we go long quite often. <laughs> so if we miss some segments, forgive us. We're just trying to let you know what yeah, matches We're trying to give happen. you the, the highlights. So yeah, any we, of the in-between yeah. stuff, you know, we may... We may drop yeah. just for time's sake. 
Yep. And oh. NXT, of course, it seemed like in between every other match, we're getting hyped about the Halloween Havoc. Spin the wheel, make a deal. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> right. Blackheart is shining so much with this uh, Halloween Havoc. Indeed. Uh, open our match with a triple threat. That is Tommaso Ciampa, uh, Velveteen Dream, and Kushido. And I was very surprised to see Kushido get the win with a pin on Ciampa. Yeah, I mean, they're keeping Kushida's push going, so. They are, and Dream continues to get buried, and I don't mind it. Um, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind seeing him get buried. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Uh, I'm ready to see Kushida or Champa be able to either elevate this into a more blood feud that requires something cool, or for right. them to both move into some title pictures. I think one of those two need to happen soon. Uh, we get the in-ring return to singles action for Ember Moon, where she just straight-up enhancement talent destroys Jesse Camilla. Oh, uh, man. I mean, Jesse Camilla put on a pretty decent match there, but, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. we're, we're still got to we gotta have uh, Ember Moon looking yeah. good here in her return. It was she nice was doing to more see... submissions, too, which was really mm-hmm. nice. Yep. Nice to see a new style from Ember, because while the high-flying was very exciting, it's put her on the shelf three or four times in the past five years. So yeah. nice to see her try to finally work a style that might can keep her in the ring for more than a month or two at a time. Right. Um, that match is followed up by Bronson Reed and Austin Theory. And the match was so nice, we got to see it twice. <laughs> yeah, Double so win for Bronson Theory, Reed. Theory demands that immediate rematch only to uh, follow up with, uh, I quit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully this is going to give them a chance to let Theory sit in the cooler for a bit and come back with some kind of new character. He's really felt out of sorts since he got, I don't want to say demoted, but since he got moved back down from Raw. Um, yeah. So I would really like to see them like let him sit, come up with something before they bring him back out. Uh, we had Legato del Fantasm defeating Swerve, Atlas, and Adonis. In what has just been, I, I like how strong they've made Phantasm look. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, Phantasma look. Yeah. But man, you gotta make them vulnerable to keep me interested, and we haven't seen that yet. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's what's kind of boring me about it. Is it's just like, okay, you know, they're out here, they're gonna win. Yeah, good work uh, with all involved. I, I don't think it's possible for these six people to have bad matches with any interchangeable part. Yeah. No, not at but all. I just Great need, I, just... I need something. I need Phantasma to have a chink in the armor or something. I just, I'm, yeah. I'm getting kind of tired of it. Um, I see what you mean. So, in things that we never thought we would see happen, <laughs> this whole next match of Ever Rise and Dane and Drake Maverick, um, Ever Rise picks up the win. They do by disqualification. Because they have finally picked on Drake Maverick enough that he has Done. snapped. Yes. Beats the ever-loving hell out of them with a chair. Oh, and God, Dane looks like the proud big brother when this is all said and done. And it's like, oh shit, maybe they can work together. Yeah, we got some of the whistles, so I enjoyed yep. that. <laughs> yep. yep. So that was but great. No. Yeah, so... Uh, my favorite part of this is in my head. I saw this, and I can only imagine a future tag team spot where uh, Dane is going to play the the face in trouble, getting beat, oh, definitely, and yeah. and and gives Drake Maverick the hot tag. Right. And I'm ready to see what a Drake Maverick hot tag looks like. 
be so good. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. In the Who Cares is Award contender for this week, I'm definitely nominating this match of Casey Catanzaro and Zai Lee. Oh, man. I. It was sloppy from the get-go. Was, yeah, to me, this was like, a, oh, yeah, you, you, we barely get Casey Catanzaro out here. And now you're expecting I, I don't even think it has... Lee. Yeah, I don't even think it's anything to do with getting the people out there. It's yeah. just Catanzaro has a skill set that I think she can work great as an enhancement talent. She can mm-hmm. sell offense really well, but it's really hard right. to buy her giving offense. Gotcha. Um, in my opinion, and Zai Lee just looked. I, I, it felt like there was no chemistry between these two. Yeah, um, the chemistry definitely felt off in yeah. this one. Um Kat and Zaro gets the win by a quick roll up, which Zai Lee comes out and after that just starts blasting everyone in the ring, which I thought was gonna be a great way for Zai Lee to make like some sort of heel turn. Right. And then we're just like, nah, fuck that. Here comes Raquel Gonzalez out here to clean Morehouse and yeah, tell I, that Rhea Ripley ruined that the end of this, which I thought was gonna bring us some storyline, but yeah, and we get Raquel Gonzalez just taking the yep. spotlight on this one. Yep, I think, think, uh, I think it was a missed opportunity all the way around. Yeah. Um, I love that Timothy Thatcher has opened up his own wrestling school. Oh man, this was another one. Watching poor backstage uh, interviewer try to pronounce Thatch's Thatch can. Yes. Oh man, I I was going back and I was like, what did she say? Like I don't understand what she's saying. And right. It was just garbled. Yeah. Um. Um. This was an interesting. Anthony segment. or Andrew Green. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Um. This is an interesting segment. I think this is a good way that you can keep Thatcher's character relevant, since he doesn't really current. There's no one really on right now that's big name available for him to feud with. So right. by doing this, you can keep him relevant, keep showing off his talent. Um, so the Thatch's Thatch Can School of Wrestling is a decent segment, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It was it was at least entertaining. So yeah. Um, and this is where I know we will disagree the most this mm, week. Yeah. Um, leading into this tag team match it was supposed to be Brazongo versus the Undisputed Era. But mysteriously, Bobby Fish is taken out earlier in the night, and then Roderick Strong is taken out. And of course, we already know Adam Cole is on the shelf. So that just leaves Kyle O'Reilly, who decides to forfeit their opportunity to a team of his choosing, which he chooses Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch to take the spot in this tag tag team match for the titles with Brizongo. And lo and behold, thanks to a masked attacker, oh, Oni Lorcan attacker. and Danny Birch defeat Brazongo to become the tag champions. <sighs> that masked attacker is none other than the all-pro punter, Pat McAfee. I cringed so hard. I love <laughs> every I second of did. this. So uh, let me let me break it down to you why I enjoyed this, and it's not just because I'm a big Pat McAfee. Yeah, I was like, 
number one fan over here. I mean, I am for the brand for sure. <laughs> um, first and foremost, it gives us a face for the person that's been causing Undisputed Era's issues backstage. Who else would have money to pay for Ridge Holland's Mercedes that he magically had one week? Um, by helping Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch win these titles, it's a big, you know, F you to uh, Undisputed Era because that was their spot that they've now lost. If True. this moves forward, because it looks like this is going to move forward as a thing, Danny mm-hmm. Burch and Oni Lorcan are fantastic in the wrestling ring. A1 in the ring. That promo, little weak. Right. I think Pat McAfee proved in his feud with Adam Cole, he can hang an NXT on a microphone. So you now have given this tag team a mouthpiece that can get them some heat because pretty much everybody hates Pat McAfee. You've now found a way to <laughs> you have found a way to take this heel heat, put it on Oni and Danny. And you can turn Undisputed Area full-blown babyface, which they've slowly been doing anyway, and I think this just expedites the process. That's true. So, I'm I'm for it. I'm for it. This mask made sense because that was actually a surprise that that happened, except for his uh, hoodie coming down when he went to climb the turnbuckle, and I was like, that hair looks familiar. I know who that is. Oh man, I I had like a, a suspicion um, yeah. when that happened, and and I really didn't want to be right. Yeah, well, <laughs> you were. So everything I kind was. of building up, we're getting Halloween Havoc, which isn't like a pay per view. It's just a themed NXT yeah. show. We have it creeping up, I believe, next week. Uh, since yep, next week is, is the week of Halloween, week. so yeah, we'll have right. lots of lots of interesting things to say about NXT next week. Oh, definitely. Um, Let's move on to the main roster now with the WWE. We'll start with Raw. Yes. Any Raw that opens with Alexa Bliss is A1. Oh, absolutely. Especially when Alexa Bliss brings out The Fiend. Yes. And then when Retribution thinks they can step to The Fiend, only to watch The Fiend say, deuces, I'm out. (laughs) Just vanish. But hey, the Hurt Business is here. Oh, the Hurt Business is here. And we get us an eight-man tag match. Hurt Business uh, against Retribution. Uh, a very weird, messy tag match where you had the Fiend yeah. coming on the uh, coming on the the t- uh, Titan Tron from time to time, seemed to be throwing everybody's concentration on. Uh, you get the Hurt Business defeating Retribution. Retribution trying to turn a beatdown on the Hurt Business, only for the Fiend to reappear and lay the smackdown to everyone from Retribution. So the fiend's a good guy now, and retribution's dead in the water. Yeah, this is weird. Uh, it's great because the fiend is here, but yeah, it definitely no, to I mean, me shows that like fantastic. But it seems yeah. like confusing uh, creative storylines going on right now. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's confusing creative. Retribution's getting buried. Not very confusing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know why they spent all this time on retribution. I really think but, the only reason it happened this way is because of how lambasted they were yeah. from the the hacker storyline being unfulfilled after so much build. 
Right. They kind of felt like they had to do retribution. We did come around and explain that the hacker was Mustafa. Ali, yeah. So I think I think what you're probably going to see is a rebranding of Retribution happen here soon. Um, right. With Ali being the leader, basically saying like, hey, you guys actually aren't even good enough to do what I need you to. Let me find people who can. So wouldn't surprise me to see that happen. But yeah, this was kind of yeah. kind of weird to see. Uh, next match, we get a good old uh, Matt Riddle and AJ Styles has a new friend. Yeah, who AJ is a six-foot-two-ton son of a bitch, Jordan Omagabean? I don't know how to say. His I don't name. know. He's and seven I tried to look up a pronunciation, couldn't he's find one. Seven foot three. He just really shows how how not tall AJ Styles is. He makes everybody look really not tall at oh, seven foot three. It's, it's true. He is a monster. Um. Also. After seeing this match, can I get more AJ versus Matt Riddle? Yeah, this was this was fun. This is fun yeah. for sure. AJ um, Styles defeating Matt Riddle. Yep. Uh, I definitely feel like the pairing of AJ and his new heater is to let the heater see how AJ works. Right. Uh, because the guy has got a look that is very unique. If he can show any sort of talent in the ring or learn how to work a microphone, he has a career for a long time. Oh, definitely. Uh, I can't think of a better learning tree to sit under than AJ Styles. Yeah. So we'll see how this goes. He got involved a little bit, and that's what allowed AJ to retain, or not retain, sorry, defeat Matt Riddle. (laughs) Speaking of retaining, in things we all knew that were going to happen this week, um, after all this hype we got that Lana is the best, Lana number one, we learned that Lana was not ready for Asuka. Nobody is ready for Asuka. Nobody is ready for the Empress of Tomorrow. And uh, while it wasn't a full-on squash match, it was mm. not a whole lot of offense for Lana. Yeah, pretty close to it. Yeah. And when when Nia's music kicked in, I started cracking up and... I really, I really didn't think she was about to get thrown through the table for the fifth time, but I was like, okay, she's coming out here to throw her through the table again, and and that's what we got for the fifth time. Lana has yes, the table. yes, it's getting pretty ridiculous. Uh, we had us quite another fatal four-way uh, tag match for the women's titles this time. Oh, uh, we had the Riot Squad, whatever we want to call Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. And for some reason, Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans? Yeah, we broke up the Iconics for this. Yeah, I really can't wait for this to unravel. But it doesn't matter because all will fall before Shania. Ah, yeah. I don't know what the point of this was. I mean, they're just continuing to make look make hey, Baszler look undefeatable, I guess. Because they are. But they're making the women's title seem important for a change. They Everybody are. complained about them not using the titles enough, and we have seen the women's title on basically every show this month. Which is good. Now yep. let's see how how they follow through with these stories. Right. Right. Indeed. Um, Elias... For a rock concert. Yeah, I mean, Elias was here to perform, and Jeff Hardy so rudely interrupted him yeah, well, in getting off, the number one feud I don't care about at L in the Cell. Oh man, Jeff Hardy can play some guitar. Um, he can, he can, he can also kind of sing. 
did, did Elias become a Christian rock star in his time off? Because it looked like it. It felt like it. <laughs> songs are a little sus, but huh. it was one it of was these is an imposter. Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> sus, if anybody wants to donate five bucks to me for Among Us on Steam, let your boy know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to play it, but I can never like. I'm like, I can't do it. Um, oh man, it's so much but, fun. Moving on, uh, Kofi Kingston and Sheamus probably had the best match on Raw. Oh yeah, this was this was a I don't know this is a pay per view match again. Like, this is a pre show match on a pay per view. Yeah, this least. is a pre show on a pay per view. Uh, Big E being front and center on the Thunderdome was perfect. Oh, it's so good. That was very nice. Um, dude, these guys have been doing it for over a decade. They've been at the top of the mountain. They've been at the bottom of the mountain. Sheamus always worked stiff. Kofi worked it well. Good match. I enjoyed it. Like I said, I still think uh, Penta and Phoenix is my match of the week. Oh, but sure. this was also a really good one. Um, Kofi defeating Sheamus in this one. Yeah. As we saw during the draft, Tucker and Otis have been split. And Miz and the Morrison had challenged Tucker to a match with a partner of his choosing. And I did not know we had such untapped talent <laughs> that could be found as oh, El Gran Gordo. Man, is he agile with cat-like quickness, <laughs> with the build and strength that we have not seen in this generation. <laughs> oh, man, this is <laughs> I laughed so hard. Yeah. Yeah, so no, hard at this was... segment. So ridiculous. El Gran Gordo is probably my new favorite wrestler, and if he is not an yes. alternate costume for Otis in a future WWE game, it is a sham. Opportunity, one out of ten return. Yes, yes. Uh, but of course, <laughs> Tucker and El Gran Gordo get the win over Miz and Morrison. Uh, kind of helps continue this storyline that we have going on between both shows, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Oh, and man, as much as I love both of the performers in this match, it was atrocious. Oh man, the big meaty men slapping meat match? Yeah, but it was just big meaty men throwing strikes that weren't that great. Yeah, this was not a good one. Strowman hitting a low blow to get the win over Lee, and Lee's response was to low blow him back. Like, like, uh, okay. Yeah. I guess we want to keep both people hot, but I don't think these are the two people to try to do it with. I think you need to separate them because Strowman has been a punching bag for the top talent over the past few months. And right. Lee's just coming up. And having, I mean, granted, it's not a clean loss, but having Lee taste a loss to Strowman really hurts Lee and does nothing for Strowman. So I really think we just need to separate these two. And try something else. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I like the clothes where we get to see the red hell in the cell. We have Randy Orton giving a, a hell of a promo. Deliver his message to Drew from inside the cell. He does. And I think it was on point. I thoroughly enjoyed him bringing up all of his past accomplishments in Hell in the Cell matches. <laughs> I enjoyed the bolt cutters of allowing Drew to get in there and then have the stare down. And, and I show ends. Exactly. I thoroughly enjoy the show in part. 
because you've not given away the physicality. The physicality yeah, yeah. is for the pay-per-view, and come Sunday, that's what I'm waiting for. Um, so I'm. this is what I'm excited for out of Hell in the Cell, is Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. I, I hope it lives up to all this hype. I mean, their, their ambulance match was good. Yeah. I just, I don't think you can have a bad match with Randy Orton. Uh, unless yeah. it's a, unless it's a Punjabi prison match. Yeah. <laughs> that is not Randy Orton's fault. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so that was raw. Yes. Moving on to SmackDown. We're going to open with the KO show. Yeah. Which was nice to see KO and Daniel Bryan and, seemed like ko was like hey buddy you want to go for some tag titles and daniel right. bryan's like how long is it gonna be before you turn your back on me <laughs> and then of course it was like did somebody say tag team because here comes ziggler and brood the artist collective <laughs> and the street profits everybody's here and uh we're gonna have a tag match player yep. <laughs> so we have an eight-man tag match with uh the aforementioned street profits daniel bryan kevin owens uh, defeating Ziggler, Rude, and the Artist Collective. Uh, I mean, everybody got their stuff in. I, yeah. It, so there's one thing I noticed, and, and since we've been watching so much, I feel like me and you are now watching so much. Yeah. It, dude, does every like four-man tag match just break down into the signature spots oh, at some point? Yeah, yeah. It just eventually devolves into we're just yeah. all going to hit our signatures and yeah. we're going home. <laughs> yeah, so that's my only knock I have is like this is of course the the last one we see of the week. And at this point I'm just like, okay, I'm done. I'm done yeah. with these big tag matches. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, yeah, just a bit ridiculous. Next we have Bianca Belair. Yeah, Bianca Belair making her debut against yeah. Selena Vega. And good God, I forgot how good of an in-ring performer Belair is. Man, she's fantastic. But I'm so can, excited. Can we have a moment of silence for uh, Selena Vega single run? Oh, poor Selena Vega. I I hope she gets more time, but man. Yeah. That was rough. Yeah. Um, right before this, though, we had uh, uh, the beginning of a running segment on SmackDown, and that was the Law and Otis. Yeah, with the Honorable Judge JBL presiding. Yep, Ron Simmons was the bailiff. Damn! Um, this <laughs> this goes on through SmackDown. I think we're really only going to bother to talk about the results of this here at the end. Um, but if you're interested, it, you know, maybe it's worth watching, but I don't know. It was <laughs> nice to see it weaved throughout the night instead of yeah. all at once. Yeah. The issue I had yeah. The issue I had with it was dude, I, I hate to say this, and this is a little bit of the old wrestling fan in me. JBL, love him or hate him, commanded this segment. It didn't did seem like troll. Yes, he did great in this role. And the issue I had was it didn't seem like the younger talent could hang with what yeah. was going on. Um, which is surprising to me because the Miz is fantastic on the mic. Uh, oh, yeah. Morrison is usually suspect anyway, so it didn't surprise right. me there. 
Um, and I guess Tucker acting as the lawyer was the closest thing we had to like yeah. back and forth. Um, we'll get into the the end result of this later on, but yeah, I mean like JBL's the star of this segment, and he's never getting in a wrestling ring again. So why? Why is he <laughs> your star of the segment? Um. We get Lars Sullivan versus Chad Gable. Or, sorry, Shorty Gable. Shorty G, whatever we're calling him. Well. And I don't care about your thoughts. I don't care about your thoughts. Yes, I don't care about your thoughts on Lars Sullivan. He's doing God's work by finally getting the Shorty G name removed from wrestling. That's what I say. The only thing I care about this match is the fact that Shorty G is over. Shorty G quits. Chad Gable is back. Gable, yeah. just Gable. Yeah, just it's back. Whatever, it's Chad Gable. But if nothing else happens, Lars Sullivan can go in the Hall of Fame for getting rid of Shorty G. Life- lifetime <laughs> Achievement Award. <laughs> I have oh, firmly been against Shorty G since the moment Shorty G was oh, a thing. God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but then we got the uh, what I like to call the Sasha Bailey contract nonsense. Yeah, well, we Man. finally got it confirmed that it's Sasha Bailey gonna, on the sofa. <laughs> if you're going to drag out a contract signing over two weeks, WWE is the place to be. Because, man, this made me not care. <laughs> yeah, I'm just ready to see the match. And I've said yeah, that for three weeks now. I've said that right. for three weeks now. I'm Sasha just ready for the match. Made her sign after some shenanigans, and we're officially getting that match. Indeed. Uh, move on to more law notice. Um, yep. Get the resolution of the case here. The Honorable Judge JBL presiding has decided that the Money in the Bank contract will be up for grabs in a match at Hill in the Cell between Otis and The Miz. Winner gets the Money in the Bank contract. Yep, I'm not liking this. This is where I'm guessing we're going to see Otis lose his Money in the Bank. Hey, that's a Hill in the Cell prediction. Hold it, we're not there yet. Yeah, yeah, not there yet. But yeah, so we get that decision, and then we move right into... Your weekly PSA, Aaliyah is 19 years old. (laughs) Absolutely. Buddy Murphy versus Seth Rollins. Shocker, Seth Rollins beats Murphy. Proceeds to start just continuing to wail on him post-match. Who comes out running to protect her man? Stand by your man. Leah comes out. Dominic comes out. Rollins attacks poor little baby Dominic. Um, Which brings Daddy Ray out. That's exactly what I have in my notes. Daddy Ray is here with the chair. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you listening, we decided to take notes separately this week. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we definitely synced up on that one. Yeah, Daddy Ray's there with the chair. It's the same thing we've been getting for months now. This was the best match on SmackDown. This was the best match on SmackDown, which is saying a bit. Yeah. So, uh, Murphy and Rollins are so damn talented. I'm so ready for whatever this angle is to move on so that we can get something new. Keep it going. Just keep it moving along. I, I need something else. But here we go. We got Roman we, Reigns coming out. Yeah, he gonna he gonna tell us what the consequences are. Right. That hell in a cell. The tribal Jay, chief. 
Yes. Jay Uso's up on the on the Titantron. He's up in the tribal suite. But wait, it's not Jay Uso. It's no, Jimmy. It's, it is. We get some of the twin magic that we used to see with Abella's all the time. Oh, I with love the it. Uso boys. Jay comes up behind Roman for some ass kicking. Indeed. He they, gave some of that ass kicking. Yeah, he got some ass kicking. They gave some ass kicking. And at the end of this, we finally get the consequences. If Jay loses, he has to say that Roman is the tribal chief or he is disowned from the Anoe dynasty. Yeah, it's basically it was fuck you, fuck your brother, fuck your wives, your kids, your grandkids. <laughs> fuck you, fuck your family, dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow, yeah. all that good stuff. Um, all of it. I was like, oh, okay. Cool. So, so I think there's one issue. I really think the stipulation is a good one. Yeah. I think the issue is is since the 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 family dynasty isn't as well known to newer wrestler uh, new newer oh. wrestling fans. I think it falls flat. So, so, so for some contents of this, um, we already know that Roman, Jimmy, and Jay are cousins. Right. Jimmy and Jay's dad is Rikishi, who is in the WWE Hall of Fame. Their uncle was Umaga, who was a huge part of the 2009 Battle of the Billionaires feud between Vince McMahon and our current sitting president. Um, so it's, it's big names. And you even go further back to another Hall of Famer in Yokozuna, uh, the, head shrink, uh, the head shrinker Sika and Afa. Uh, it, it it just I mean they basically if there's a Samoan that's in the WWE the line comes from this family so right. having to give up that lineage lineage is a huge consequence for this family you know what I mean right so it's really gonna suck when Jay doesn't win the Universal title <laughs> and is disowned by his family yeah it's um, gonna be really unfortunate yeah. So, so, jumping right into Hell in a Cell predictions here, huh? Unfortunately for Hell in a Cell, we only have five announced matches at time of yeah. recording. So we're not going too deep here. There's not a whole lot to go deep into. Yeah, um, exactly. Why don't you start us off? Yeah, so uh, as we were just talking about, Roman versus Jey Uso. I think we've already given our thoughts there. I'm pretty sure I'm in line with you, Ben, that Roman's going to win this one. and. Jay's gonna have to renounce his uh his lineage. I think you're right. I was gonna have, uh, or he's gonna admit that he's a tribal chief and make Jay Uso look like a bitch. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like it either way. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens there. The the thing I'm most hyped for is just watching um, um, Paul Heyman's facial um expressions during this match. That's that's going to be great. Most excited for. Um, so next, for the WWE Men's Championship, we have Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton, another Hell in a Cell match. Yep. Um, I'm going with Drew McIntyre wins this one. Uh, or do you think Randy Orton finally, finally gets to put down Drew to get him another championship? 
If it's me, I'm giving this one to Randy Orton. I, I just don't think the feud is ever going to end. I thought it was over after the ambulance match. I'm convinced it's never ending. Yeah. Yeah. But then we feud got feuds. forever. Oh, yeah. Then uh, speaking of feud forever, the SmackDown Women's Championship, we got Bailey versus Sasha in another Hell in a Cell match. Uh, there's a lot of Hell in a Cell matches in this, uh, in this Hell in a Cell. By me. Fine by me. I hate the Hell in the Cells where there's like two. So, but two out of five wouldn't be that bad either, I guess. So. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, this is gonna probably be match of the night contender for sure. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think I think this has to be when Bailey loses the belt. I I really think it has to be. She's had it forever now. I really think this is the time for Sasha to get it. And, you know, this feud will continue, um, but we're just going to see a, a different angle on it. So I'm I'm with you there. I think we got Sasha. And what's right. that last one you got? So, well, there's two more. In, in, oh, uh, this last two then? Yeah, and one big old who cares. You got Jeff Hardy versus Elias. Jeff Hardy's probably going to win. But it, I don't think it's great for Elias to come back and get beat by Jeff. Yeah, I don't think it makes much sense. We just got the, we're bringing back the, you know, who hit Elias with a car kind of nonsense story. Yeah, I think Jeff Hardy's going to win too, though. So I, I don't know what this does, but oh well. Um, and then in a match that I'm not going to be happy with the outcome of, Otis versus The Miz with the winner getting the money in the bank. Uh, Miz. Yep. Miz is going to get that money in the bank. They wouldn't do all this if he wasn't. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the, holy, okay. So let's, let's dig into the loony bin for a moment. <laughs> we have an ultimatum match occurring between Roman and Jay. Yes. How can we get around the stipulation that Jay has been forced into. Uh oh, the Miz is cashing in. <laughs> the Miz or Otis cashing in on the tribal chief. Oh man. I or, would be or does he cash in, make it a triple threat midway through, and Jay wins the title by pinning the Miz, which throws a whole nother kink into what's going on. And we can get some crazy Survivor Series match out of it. That sounds great. It sounds yeah. really cool, which really, really makes me think it's not going to happen. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think more than likely for Survivor Series, what we're going to get is say we probably get Jay losing, uh, accepting his punishment by saying you are the tribal chief yes. and having some Survivor Series match that is some form of Roman, uh, Roman putting a team together and, uh, a team from Raw getting put together. Yes, yes. And then so, The Undertaker becoming the WWE Men's Champion. Probably not, but I like where <laughs> your head's at. Defeats Randy Orton for the championship. Finally buries Randy Orton like he did AJ Styles. <laughs> Something like that. Um, we'll get into that yeah. pre-Survivor Series. So, any other and, thoughts for this week? Um... More musical numbers on AEW will probably be for great television for people that aren't me. 
AEW is about wrestling. If you want to be about sports entertainment, just come back to WWE, Jericho. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, can we get Judge JBL more often? I mean, I'm fine for some more uh, more courtroom drama if they can make it interesting. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, I mean, we got Hell in the Cell Sunday. It'll be interesting to see. Hopefully. Hopefully we can move on and have a great pay-per-view and see where it goes from here. Um, if you've got nothing else, I've got nothing else, my friend. Nope, that is all. So thank you for listening. If you want to find all other things podcast-related, check the show notes for all our links. If you can rate or review the podcast, please do. And thank you for sharing it with your friends. Indeed. Until next time. Indeed.